0: 70 percent of workers may never return to a full-time job in the office did i just make that figure up well i could have done but i haven't it's actually a bbc YouGov survey amongst employers and people and it's it's looking at you know whether people are likely to go back to work at all in terms of working in the office or people may never go back full-time five days a week in in the office and this was, uh, they, they actually surveyed over 500 senior leaders and they, they looked at, you know, some of them were actually worried about whether this would adversely affect creativity. Well, of course it would. You know, you need people working in teams. You need to be able to supervise them. you need to be able to know that they're working. And, you know, all the resources are there. Not everything is on your laptop at home. And I, I just think it, it doesn't make sense for people to be working at home permanently unless it's a specific kind of jobs uh, Maybe something like I don't know bookkeeping—they don't really need to be in the office, but certainly in the in the creative world, uh, and and I think in in terms of uh, BT, for instance, said they want all their engineers in the office because they need that team dynamic. And companies like Goldman Sachs and Apple have have already rejected this home working situation. They want their staff back, and uh, I, I think it was Apple that uh, Goldman Sachs described working from home as an aberration. Well, you know, of course they've rented. You know, millions of square foot of, of shiny offices in, in, uh, in London and New York and Berlin and Paris. And you know, do they really want these offices empty? And they've signed long leases. They can't just say to the landlord, well, actually, COVID's happened, you know, have your office back. No, they've got to pay those leases in some cases for the next 25 years. So, you know, they, 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 they need to, to get people back in and the city centres need it as well. Um, and, and another part of the survey that three quarters of people believe that their managers will allow them to continue working from home some of the time. Of course, it's lovely working from home. I mean, of course, why would you not want to work from home and be sitting at home and you can do what you like? You know, you can work a few hours. You can uh, maybe sit in the garden. You can uh, have your washing going on in the background. You can even look after your children in the background in some cases. I know people are doing that so why why would anybody not want to work from home and save on uh on 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 traveling and all the the hours a day you spend uh traveling into work of course naturally it's natural that you would want to work from home so I, i don't blame people for that but does it actually work for um the employers and i i think it doesn't uh in most cases it doesn't although some could argue well the employers could save money on, on expensive office space. So maybe in the future, uh, employers will be uh, reducing the, the amount of office space they, they hold. And I know from a surveyor that, that that's kind of happening. They're, they're breaking down office buildings into smaller units and, and and maybe that will happen maybe more hot desking maybe more flexible working flexible offices this could happen but we know that the city centers have been suffering because all the shops in the city center so what is going to happen to all of this commercial property that's in the city of London uh, and and there's still cranes in the sky building more of it you know iconic buildings the shard you know the cheese grater the the gherkin all these iconic buildings well I don't know. I mean, some of it could be turned into apartments. I'm sure people would love to live in a place like the Gherkin. I, I particularly personally wouldn't. Um, I, I, there's nowhere to park around that area. And getting into the Gherkin takes about 20 minutes with all the security checks. That was even before uh, COVID. And you've got to go into this lift and that lift. And I don't know. I, I particularly wouldn't want to live there. But I think some of the office space in the city will definitely be turned into flats. We know that uh, stores like John Lewis are going to turn... Uh, their upper floors into apartments we know that Debenhams is closed down in Oxford Street I'm sure that will become ground floor retail and residential above so we we, we will have to see how this pans out in the future but um, if you've one of these people that have moved way out into the countryside sometimes as far as Cornwall which is like 250 300 miles away from London uh, what happens if your employer then says no we want you back in the office five days a week you are uh, stuffed aren't you because traveling in from cornwall would t- <laughs> i mean there's no way you just couldn't you don't you'd need a flat in london or something because you you just couldn't uh, it would take you four or five hours each way coming in from cornwall and you know a lot of people moved out to to wales and the west country down on the south coast well that, well that wouldn't be too bad but it'd still be a hell of a wrench uh, traveling in and getting up at sort of five in the morning to get into the office so i i, I pity those people who have moved out and sort of move to these big houses and you know they've got the home office and then find that no, their employer wants them back at work. So we, we will have to see. Of course, a lot of people haven't got any choice, have they? If you're in certain customer-based based type jobs, you've got no choice but to go in, into work. Um, but uh, we, as I said, we, we, we will have to see how it definitely figures out. And that source is from, from the BBC and we will have to see what will happen to the commercial office sector and, and talking about um offices and property empires uh, a trending story is that a chinese firm is, is on the brink of collapse uh, i'm going to cover this more in detail uh, tomorrow uh, but there's there's definitely um rumblings in in china uh, over this firm that could be on on the brink of collapse and it's one of the biggest borrowers in in china it's a major chinese property developer on the brink of defaulting on their their borrowings on their bonds and it could uh, perhaps even bring down the, uh, the, the Chinese bond market, according to rumours, that is. Uh, the company uh, has more than 300, not million, billion in debt. Now, I'd love to be able to borrow 300 billion, uh, but they came under scrutiny last August when the government ordered it to take action to resolve their debt problems. Well, what do you do when you owe 300 billion? You're almost too big to bring down. I mean... In, in the, the 90s crisis with all these Australian companies going down, um, companies run by, say, Robert Holmes of Court were brought down, but uh, Rupert Murdoch's company was too big to bring down. So when you owe $3 million, maybe you don't sleep at night. When you owe $300 billion, your bank and your bondholders don't sleep at night. Uh, but they've got something like 778 projects across 233 cities in, in China. Can you imagine that? S- nearly... You know 778 projects building projects across 233 cities in china so there's been we know that there's been a massive building explosion in china i've heard warnings about this before that um uh, that there are uh, that the chinese property market may be overheated and we see buildings going up left right and center of course they don't have the the inconvenience of having to worry about planning permission there do they um and i think the company's called evergrand well <laughs> They've been ever grand so far, but maybe not so grand in the future. I'm going to look into that in a bit more depth and and see how that could affect not only the Chinese bond market, but maybe the financial markets, maybe even the property markets internationally. We know that there's several areas of the world where property is overheated. Uh, I would put London on those on that list, Uh, certainly Sydney, uh, Auckland and, and Beijing. So we will have to see what happens there. Tension, talking about China, tensions are rising as as China denounces the uh, AUKUS pact. AUKUS uh, between UK, Australia, and the US. This is where uh, the, the Australia will be allowed to build seven or twelve nuclear submarines uh, to to uh, strengthen their their uh, uh, security. It's seen as a move to uh, push back China from expanding into the South China Sea we know that China has uh, taken over islands in Vietnam and the Philippines and ignored international court rulings and they've even built uh, a, a, a sort of a, a man-made island in the South Pacific where they plans to have a base. Uh, China's of course denounced it as an introduction of the Cold War but we know who started this and we know why I, I, I think it's sensible that the West has to act because If China then make a move on Taiwan, then what happens then? You know, it would be like uh, Nazi Germany just doing what they want and the world standing by. So we'll see how that... And these are all things that can affect markets, but the stock market hasn't been affected at all. It's it's just rumbling along quite nicely at the moment. It's gone up a little bit. Uh, But, you know, these these sort of things can bring down stock markets. And that's why the other day I gave a warning about uh, stock markets. And, you know, maybe you need to, to sort of think about your stock holdings, your your, your pension funds, your stock market ISAs or your mutual funds, and look at where you're invested because the stock market's been on a massive bull run for the last few years, and things have to change at some stage. So you don't wanna be at the top of that when it goes down. And if if the market's dropped by 20, 30, 40, 50%, it could take years to recover. I'm not saying there's going to be a crash tomorrow, but at some stage there will be a massive correction. It's called a correction when it's a little bit of a crash. Uh, if, it, if it's more than that, I think it's 20 or 30 percent, then it's a crash. Um, just like what is the difference between a recession and a depression? Well, in this case, we've avoided recessions and depressions by printing billions of dollars and trillions of dollars and, and pounds and euros. Uh, but we know what happened in Germany when that was last done by the, the Weimar Republic. And it caused hyperinflation. It's happened in Argentina. It's happened in uh, Venezuela and, of course, Zimbabwe. And, uh, you know, so I, I think and then what happened when when that economy collapsed, of course, you had the Nazis came to power. Hitler came to power on the back of that. And so it would be interesting to see what happens uh, there. But these tensions in, in, in China, you know, could almost lead to a third world war. So it's it's something pretty serious there. Uh, other trending parts I put in, in, you know, you might want to look back at some of my posts on, on YouTube about Emma Radicano became an instant millionaire last week. They're saying that her career earnings could amount to over 150 million. She could become the highest sports, uh, certainly sports woman in, in history uh, as she becomes the darling of, of New York. She's already got sponsorship deals tied up, I think with, with Nike and possibly Chanel. And, and she's certainly got that looks and the charisma and the whole package really, hasn't she? So good luck to her. Um, A house builder in the UK has dropped unfair lease charges and rip off ground rent charges. I'll be covering more of that tomorrow. And those are some of the trending things that are going on at at the moment, as well as inflation. Highest price rises since the CPI records began in 1997. There's been higher price rises before that, but inflation has has crept above 3%. And the same thing is happening in Germany as well. And Germany are allergic to inflation because of that money printing situation that went on in the 1930s. Uh, which brought you know it's collapsed the economy there. So um that's what we're seeing at the moment. Inflation creeping in, although the 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 governments and the central banks say it's it's temporary, but we're seeing this coming in uh now. Uh, and if you think the the inflation target of the, the Bank of England is something like two percent, it's now over three percent. Well, that's a fifty percent higher than it should be, uh, but they think it will come down again. But we know that prices in the shops, uh, prices of uh, Petrol and all these sorts of things have gone up, and you know I also read that wholesale electricity prices have gone up. So we're all seeing the cost of living going up and taxes going up, national insurance going up. So things are getting tighter for all of us, and I think somewhere along the line we're going to have to pay for the excess spending during the lockdown. Uh, it, this this is all kind of leading what I would say to a new world order of things. Um, Perhaps the phasing out of of cash eventually, but certainly the phasing out of traditional banking and checks and that sort of thing. We're seeing the end of free banking as we know it. More charges coming in. uh, and I think all the banks are going to have to react to that. Low interest rates, very poor returns for savers. So we're seeing a kind of a new world order. And the, the world of business is obviously changing, as we've seen from more home working. But, you know, what can you do to take advantage of this? One of the biggest changes is the amount of online trading, online shopping, online meetings that have going on. Um, In many ways, it's made our lives easier. We don't have to run around the country all the time for meetings when we've got Zoom for free. Uh, You know, but things are changing. So how can you adapt? And if your business doesn't adapt, then it will just die, uh, like like some extinct animal. Uh, that can't survive in certain climates you have to adapt to survive it's not the strongest and the fishes that survive but the most adaptable and, and one of the things you can do if, if you're feeling the pinch at the moment is to try and make money on social media now you are already believe it or not making money on social media but you're probably not making it for yourself you're making it for somebody else each time you click on an ad or you you buy something through an ad on social media you're making money from some, someone else but how can you do that yourself well, you don't have to be a genius to, to do this, to learn this, and we can all learn how to, not only how to use social media, but how to, to make money on social media. And a good friend of mine, uh, Paul O'Mahony, has written a book about it, Rethink Social Media. It's quite a long book, you don't have to read it all, because I'm gonna show you how you can get a summary of that in the, just over an hour. But Paul, Paul's um, uh, philosophy is to it teach people how to stop wasting time on social media and start making money instead. Instead of wasting time and you know five, six hours a day and waking up in the morning wasting time on social media, why not start making money on social media? And then you'll be looking at your account to see how much money you've made that day. If you don't know how to do it, Paul's put on a free web class so you don't have to read his his big, thick book. You can get this free web class where you can summarize that in just over an hour. And he will teach you the exact strategies he's used to make several millions online and how you can employ those things yourself even if you don't have a product, even if you don't have a website, even if you're not a tech genius. So watch this training if you if you want to, where you have an online business or you, you own a business already, but you want to send more, sell, sell more of your stuff online. And, and, and do it if you're just tired of wasting time and you want to start making a bit of extra money in your spare time. Don't forget, if you're... If you're tight for money at the moment a few hundred dollars a few hundred pounds even can make a big difference in your life but paul can show you how you can make many thousands of pounds a week a day on social media and give you the exact techniques he that you can employ to do that so click on the link below and watch that training and it could change your life so go for it thanks a lot for listening and have a great day